0: Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, everybody, lift your hands, wherever you are this morning, and give God worship give him praise. He is a mighty God. Father, we just give you praise this morning. Come on, lift your hand wherever you are and tell him how good he is. Lord, we just worship you. We praise your name. You are worthy of our worship. There is no one like you. You are such a loving father. You are a good God. You are a faithful God. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody shout it loud. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. You can take your seat, everybody. Glory to God. I'm so excited about this month's series. This is the month of February and for many people, it is the love month. Glory to God. And um, hopefully, our plan is to tell you the greatest love story there is this month of February. The greatest love story. Hallelujah. All right. So, um, this, like, and I'm very passionate about this month's series because it is it's something I've been mentioning you know, in passing, and it is something I think um, the body of Christ needs to know. Now, of course, I know there are people that know these things and work in it, but I think we, we need to sound it more into our consciousness, more and more, more and more, more and more, more and more. I think it's so vital. A lot of people in, in the fold don't even know what this whole journey or what this whole relationship is about they don't even know. They don't know that that this is a love story, the greatest love story ever told. Hallelujah. The Bible is a love story about God reconciling with his children. Or let me say it this way a love story about a father being reconciled to his children. Such a loving story. So, in summary, most of you know the basic summary. God wanted relationship, okay? The Almighty God created everything. He had servants. These servants are called angels. But he wanted a relationship. He wanted someone that could choose to either love him or not. Because for something to be real love, it cannot be forced. (laughs) You know, not like some people do today where they claim... You know, they claim people, they, they impose on people. You know, somebody got married, the one popular person got married last month. I don't want to mention names. I mean, people were dying and fainting because they had claimed this person. You know, <laughs> things like that. That is not love. That's not love. If the person does not choose to love you, then it's not love at all. You are just being selfish. So God knew this. So, God made man, gave them free will so that they could choose to love him, and then it would be a real relationship. So, he made the first man and woman called Adam. You know the summary, and then they sinned. When they sinned, they could no longer live at the level that God wanted them to live, they could no longer function at that level. So, God, through his son Jesus, came to reconnect the whole earth and the whole world back to himself. So this is summary. Reconcile them back to himself. In fact, in the book of, I think, Corinthians, you will see it there where it says, God reconciling the world to himself. So look at it here. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, from verse 19. It said to wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and had committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So, the summary is in the first line. It said, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. This is the summary of the whole story, guys. The summary of what we're doing here on the earth, the summary of the Bible, the summary of life, is God trying to reconcile the world, that's everybody in it, to himself. You don't reconcile if there was first not a concile. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? I don't know if that's English. But you know, you don't reconcile if you didn't have a relationship before. You really reconcile with somebody that you were first in a relationship before. So, Adam and Eve had that father-child relationship with God. In fact, so in Genesis, they said Adam was God's son. That's how he was described. So, they had the relationship. And when they broke it, it was severed. But they say God in Christ was reconciling the world to himself. So God is always the proactive person. He always takes the first, makes the first move. Very, very important. I know in Africa we treat God as if he's reactive. No, God is proactive, he's always the one that has initiated. The connection and relationship with man always has been God. It's always God that initiates your blessing, initiates the favor, initiates the increase. It's always God. God is not reactive. He is proactive. If I, I'm, I'm praying today that you will, you will, you, this thing will enter. If it enters, it changes everything. The day this understanding enters you, it literally changes everything. So my prayer today is that your ears will be open, your heart will be open. You will receive this revelation in the name of Jesus. Because I can tell you for free. My estimation, close to 80 or 90% of the people in the body of Christ don't have this revelation. Now, they might have the knowledge of what I'm saying on the surface. It hasn't entered. You can see in their behavior. It's by behavior you know who has understood something. It's by behavior. It hasn't entered. Hallelujah. When it enters, there's a way it to show in your behavior. Most, most people in the body of Christ don't know this. You can tell it from their, their, their behavior and their prayer and all those things. You can tell. They don't yet get it. Most of the prayer we pray in Africa looks like we are initiating the process to get God to do something. We are giving him the idea of something he, d- he didn't think about. You know, he's busy. He didn't think about that we need to get blessed. He didn't think about that we need to prosper. So we are telling him and we are shouting at him because he can, he's forgetful. That man can be forgetful. So we are reminding him. Sometimes we even want him because he's reluctant. <laughs> but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible said God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. He initiates. God is the initiator. He's not um, reactive. He is proactive. He always makes the first move. This is important, guys. Hmm. So I'll given you the summary of the story. So let's break into it a bit in detail. Thank God this is a whole month teaching. So wherever I stop today, I'll continue next Sunday and all that. So after Adam sinned, Now, the general idea people have is that when Adam sinned, um, sin entered the world. That is true in a way, but it's not the full truth. It's, It's part of the truth. The real thing that came into the world when Adam sinned, and you will see it in Scripture, that's the main thing that also God tried to remove by bringing Christ. The real thing that came into the world when Adam sinned. If I let me show you. Let's read Genesis. Let's read where God appeared. After man had eaten the apple. Ah, it's not apple. Why do we always say it's apple? It's not apple. The fruit. We don't know if it's apple. Let's not coba apple. Because <laughs> Apple would say, why do you always call him my name? You know, I can imagine how Apple thinks. Like, what, what, what? Well, I was not even there. <laughs> so the fruit. So after Adam and Eve ate the fruit, God appeared. DJ, show me. Children. I want to wear... They said, God comes in the cool of the day. Start from there. This is, uh, yes. So see, he said, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. So remember, I told you it was a relationship thing. So this shows us that God normally comes to fellowship with them. Ah, this is, this is so important. God normally comes. To, the, the real intention of communication of prayer is not request. It is fellowship. I wish African church, I wish somebody can help me tell African church. That the what prayer is, it's not request, it's fellowship. It's fellowship. Oh God. It pains me sometimes for you, Nigeria. He said, and they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. He said Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees in the garden. This was interesting. So this, let, let's say this is a tree. They, mean, they, they, they came like this. They came to hide from God. <laughs> See the next verse. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said, Where art thou? Where are you? These this guys, they had fellowship. Hey, there are some of you here. God is also asking, where are you? He doesn't see you again. He doesn't see you. You don't fellowship with him. When when God is saying, "Where are you?" It's not he wasn't talking about his physical location. Of course, God knew he was inside the trees. He was saying, "Where are you?" In terms of our relationship, our communication, our fellowship. Look at this. And he said, "This is important." I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was what? No, no, no. I need you to get it. He said, and I was what? Afraid. I was afraid. He said, because I was naked. He said, but the main thing is that he said, I was afraid. This was the first time fear ever entered the earth. The real thing that sin brought into the earth is fear. Oh my God. I wish you can understand what I'm saying. The real thing that sin Adam's sin brought into the earth was fear. Before this time, Adam did not know the meaning of fear. Oh, most of the things that we are doing today as Christians that don't please God, almost 99.9% of them are rooted in fear. And I will show you. Fear. He said, I saw you coming in the garden and I was afraid. Before this time, Adam named Lion. Do you understand? <laughs> I don't know if you have seen lions. Of you are looking at me, you've not seen lion before. Some of you even dog, you are afraid of. If you see a real lion in real life, my brother, even the eyes of the lion, the way the eyes is. I've seen a stuffed lion that's a dead one that they just put something. If you you will still be afraid in my village, they have a song in Igbo language they say you don't touch a lion's tail, whether it's awake. Or asleep, whether it's dead or alive, a lion is dangerous, even in dream. <laughs> Adam was naming lion, naming snake. Have you seen snakes? There are some really bad-looking ones. Alligator, tiger, leopard. There are many things that cause us to fear today. So I, I've seen. I used to have many dogs. I used to have these small dogs called Lassa. This very small one, hairy, but there are people that couldn't enter my house. They will faint. I said, "This dog is a toy. Hold it, hold it." They will faint. Fear entered the earth from this day. Adam didn't know what fear felt like before now. He didn't know what fear felt like before now. He could, he could do anything. Scientists found out, studies found out, that there are over 500 types of fear. I'm sure there are more. This, that's the one they could find. 500 different categories of fear everything we deal with in africa is fear-based it's just that when you hear fear you're you are always thinking of phobia no 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 there are different kinds of fear for instance there's fear of the future it's called anxiety there's fear of how people see you it's called low self-esteem is somebody getting what i'm saying there are different kinds of fear anxiety, depression, all of them are traceable to fear. Why do people steal? Why do people steal? I can tell you freely. They are afraid they can't make it. They are afraid they can't get money legitimately. Nobody that is, is packing money legitimately has time. Have you heard that Mark Zuckerberg now, they cut him stealing beans? Or yam. No time. The money Facebook is making, to count it is don't, no time. You, for, you, you, for you to steal, you must be afraid that the one you... <laughs> I don't want to talk about government people. Fear. The money in the Nigerian government is enough to steal everybody to be happy. And have you some of you don't watch news? Have you heard some money they say they recover from dead people? There are are governors and uh, uh, presidents that have died in Nigeria more than 10, 20 years ago. They are still collecting billions of the man's money. He didn't need it, he could never need it. But fear he's afraid the money will finish. 10 billion, 20 billion, he can't finish. Do you know how, ma- how much it takes to finish one billion dollars? <laughs> but when you are being controlled by fear, <laughs> you will steal and still and still and still. I'm just laughing. Whenever you watch, you say cartoon. They will say, Oh, one person has resigned, i have left his office. They will be digging money that they stole. To, to even catch all the money, the money is still flowing. This money somebody stole. We didn't notice, oh. Nobody died, though. When they stole this money, Nigeria continued though. Oh. <laughs> But fear, fear is what makes them still that way. So every character you are seeing, why are girls naked? Hey, should I tell you why a girl thinks she needs to open her boobs? It's <laughs> lack of her. She's afraid nobody will notice me if I don't struggle. They are struggling. Why is see girls being naked? It's a struggle. Some of them don't even know. So they can be arguing with you. They don't know. There is a struggle. They are struggling for attention. Because hey, if I don't show anything, nobody will notice me. It's, 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 low self-esteem is fear. 99% of the vices. Why do people smoke weed? They want to be high. Why do they want to be high? They're afraid of being low. They can't. So when they smoke and go high. And when, when that one wipe off, they come to reality again, see their life. They don't like it, they go high again. 99% of anything anybody is doing is born out of fear. Why are people fighting for position? It's fear. Everything is fear. That's the main thing Satan brought into the earth when Adam sinned. Fear. Fear, I was afraid. I was afraid. Fear of the future. Fear of I, I won't make it. Timidity is fear. Shyness is fear. All of them are born, they are children of the same father. Is somebody catching what I'm saying? So I want you to see something interesting. I want you to see something interesting. How... God addressed it. Romans chapter 4. How God addressed it. He said, we have not received again the spirit of... Look at it here. Thank you very much. Romans 8.15. Look at this, guys. He said, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to do what? Fear. He's saying the spirit you, you had before now was a spirit of Fear. That's why you will see everywhere in scripture, God addresses the spirit of fear. He said, God has not given you the spirit of fear. There's a the the spirit that took over after man fell, man became afraid. He started to fear lion, started to fear tiger, started to fear his wife, started to fear his husband, started to fear his children, started to fear fear, 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 fear. My money will finish. uh, This one, if if they respect this person, they will respect me. If they look everything, he said, You are you no longer. Have that spirit of bondage. It's a spirit of bondage. It said, again, to fear. A spirit that makes you fear. So said, that's not what you have. So, they replaced that spirit of fear with another spirit. Oh, glory to God. See what it says. It said, but now you have received the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Oh, man. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So there are two spirits here. The first spirit, the spirit of fear, that one came by Adam. But they say now they remove that one and put the spirit of adoption that makes us cry. When they mean cry, they don't mean shedding tears, okay? They don't mean eee! no, no, no. They mean shout. They mean call out, okay? So we know, we know now we have the spirit that makes us say out. Abba means daddy, so it's daddy, daddy. But you see, they use two words because one speaks of fondness, the other one speaks of obedience. It says, daddy, daddy. Daddy, daddy. Hallelujah. They replaced the spirit of fear with the spirit of sonship, of ownership. Oh, hallelujah. Like I told you, 99.9% <laughs> of Nigerian Christians don't understand. They might have heard these things if I know they the Bible. In terms of reality, the thing we cry in Nigerian prayer, is it Abba Father, is it Daddy? From the things we cry, you can tell. The spirit operating in Nigeria is called an orphan spirit. It's an orphan spirit. It's the same thing as the spirit of bondage to fear. So we, we, when we pray, what you see is fear. When Nigerians pray is fear. Oh God, you will do it. You will do it. You, I want you. Don't try me. Do it. It's a spirit of, of it's an offhand spirit. It's a fearful spirit. It's a spirit that, that, that thinks God is not going to do it. I must threaten Him. I must shout at Him. I must cajole Him. He might forget. This God might forget. The way I'm looking at Him, He's so busy these days. If God is busy, He's so busy. He has other things in his mind. What's in his mind? Do you know what the Bible says in his mind? He said, How are you so mindful of us? You are the only thing on his mind. How can you be shouting at him? How can he forget? Oh, man. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Look at this. He said, What is, what is, this thou, uh, 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 what is man? That thou art what? mindful of him. This was David talking about how God, God is so mindful of us. Then you say he has other things on his mind. He'll forget you. Oh, let's go back to scripture we are reading. So, that orphan spirit makes, makes Nigerians feel very far. I don't know if you, have, if you understand what an orphan spirit is. Have you guys ever, have you guys ever, um, I don't know, you know, um, for those in Africa and Nigeria, you understand this better. When we are young, I don't know if it happens much now, but when we are young, um, we always, um, as a community in Africa, when somebody's parents are either very poor or somebody's parents die, um, a family takes some of the children. They share the children of that man. So if, if a man dies, he has four children. If he dies, they would, they would um, you know, share his children to other families to take care of them. Now, most times, those families also sometimes use them as house help. And also, in turn, maybe send them to some school or something, sometimes. But they are like, they are like you know, adopted but not adopted. That is the spirit operating in African church. We feel, you know, God just add us. That there are real sons that he respects. But he just add us to join. So we, 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 we can't go to him directly. You know, that, that, that your cousin or village person's son that they brought to your house, usually that is either sometimes a, a house help or just somebody that helps around in the house is the same thing, you know. You notice that person. Can that child that they brought from the village to come and help do errand? Can that child on Sunday, blazing sun, Sunday afternoon, in now go and meet your dad that sun is too hot? That they buy ice cream. <laughs> when he has not even finished washing plates, the knock they will give him, the knock they will give him, they will knock him from the front, but the cocoa, you know, cocoa, it will come from the back. He dare not. He dare not. We, he, we, we are pitying him. We could have left him in the village. We just pity him and brought him into town to be us to come and live with us. He will have no confidence to ask for anything that the real sons are not asking for. He can only benefit from what the normal sons are asking for. If normal sons ask for ice cream and they buy ice cream everybody, anything that remains. This is the spirit operating in Nigerian church. You will hear it in their prayer, you will hear it in everything they do. They, they believe that there are some sons that can ask God. The rest of us, our own, is to stand and let them give us. Whatever the son, main son is asking. We have, we have scattered the system God put in place. Because in Africa, everything must have middleman. So we have brought that same cultural spirit into the things of the spirit. When when you see adoption here, look at this, Romans 8.15, let me just explain this. He said, but you have received the spirit of adoption. When you see adoption here, they're not talking about adopting a child from an orphanage. That's not what they mean here. What What they mean by adopted son here, they're talking about among sons, one can be adopted to function like the father, to function for the father. It's a position of authority they're talking about. And this particular son that they adopt might not qualify, but he's the one the father chooses. It's like Solomon. Solomon wasn't David's main son. Solomon was even born out of wedlock, in quote, from, a, from an illegitimate relationship. But he became king. That's what they mean by adoption. There might be other sons, but they pick one. Those of you that work in some circular companies, you know what I'm talking about. There might be many of you that came first, but there will be some staff that come. And the boss will say, this is the person I want to take over. He might not be the person next in line but it's the one that is chosen. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? And the purpose of that adoption is that this child, apart from that I choose him, he, he has to resemble me. I don't want to go into the question it's a long story, but the, I don't want you to think this, this is adopting of an off, going to orphanage. That's not what they meant here. Okay? You know that when the Bible was written, things are not the same as now, so we, we, when we hear adoption, we were thinking of orphanage. That's not what they meant here. Very important. Okay, I don't want to go into the explanation, it's long. But if somebody getting what I'm saying? The thing God had in mind was before now, this is important, guys, get this. All this is foundation. Before now, after Adam sinned, nobody knew God as Father anymore. Nobody knew God as Father. They all knew God based on His description or His function. So, for instance, people like Abraham knew God as Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. So, of course, you see, we sing those songs a lot and we pray, oh, God, you are Jehovah Jireh. It is true, but it's not the real truth. So, same Abraham, had a relationship with God and saw God as El Shaddai. He knew God based on what God was doing, not who he was. Not who God was. Oh, you see Elijah. He will have connection with God. And you hear things like, oh, the God that answered by fire, let him be my God. Now, you need to understand. In those days, those guys were not spiritually alive. The only way they could know God was by how he was manifesting to them physically. So, every time he does something, they name him with that thing. It's not bad, but that's not the full picture. So, they knew God based on their problem. Based on their need. Whenever they had a the need of provision and God provides, they think God is a provider. That is true, but that, it's like my children saying I'm a provider. That's not who I am. I provide for them, but I'm not a provider. If you ask my son, I'm passing, "Who is that guy?" He says, "He's our provider." Wouldn't that be very weird? say, <laughs> so "Who is that man you are working with is my provider? He's my protector?" I protect him, but that's not me. It's a wrong definition. If you look at me as a protector, you have missed it. And this is what Nigerian church don't know. Look at their prayer; they are calling him. He, God, they know he's a provider. They want him provide this week. Do it. Do it. He's a provider. They know him as a protector. Hey, as I'm going to Abuja, I hear Nigerian people now protect me. They, they know him, but they know him by function. It, you can tell. It, 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 I like that scripture in Romans. He said, "We cry above Father." What they means is that by our prayer. We know how you see God. Say, looking look out for those that call him Daddy. Call him Daddy. When I enter the house sometimes, or my children enter from school, any which one, and we have not seen ourselves all day, my son just shouts, Daddy! That's what he shouts. That's what, he talk, that's what he's talking about here. No request. But his lunch is settled. He's sleeping in the house that day is settled. Even the next day, even the next day after that, all that is inside that word, daddy. He doesn't have to start being specific and saying, "I need toy." Nah, he doesn't have to start speaking and say, "I need." I want to eat this night. Nah. Once he mentions daddy, everything is inside. They say, "By what you are crying, by what you are saying, we know what you think God is." If all your prayer every day is telling what to provide for you, all you know is he's a provider. You don't yet know your father. You don't know yet know God as the Father. I don't know if somebody's is getting what I'm saying today. Oh, this is so good if you can catch it. So, um, after so, so, so in those Old Testament days, because they were physical beings, they only knew God based on their problems. So, if they were sick and God healed them, he's the healer. He's Jehovah Rapha. So, they were always calling God based on the problem he solved. That was all they knew. And that's not bad because that was God trying to connect with them at the best level he can because they were all natural beings. They were not yet spirit beings. They were not born again like us. They didn't have the awareness of the spirit like us. So, God knew that that wouldn't work. I didn't want subjects. I didn't want servants. I want sons. I want sons. I want sons. So, God now removed all the barrier. Most of you also know that in those days also they could not approach God's presence. Uh, You know, usually God was in a temple at that time. It's not like now where we know that God is everywhere. No, in those days, God was only in a temple. And they would come together, but they couldn't enter. There were different stages. There was outer court, inner court, holies of holies. Long story, I don't want to waste your time. But those days only the high priest could enter inside, 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 and make intercession and make prayer for every other person outside. Even in the days of Moses, the children of Israel say, no, we can't approach God. Moses, you go and meet God. Whatever God tells you, come and tell us. This was the format of the Old Testament. This was the format of people that didn't know God. This was the format of people that were not children of God. But the painful thing is that it's still the same format we are using in Nigeria. It's still the Nigerian format where there's somebody that goes to the holies of holies the rest of us stay outside to shout amen. What a shame, Africa. What a shame, Africa. We have, we have bastardized the principles of New Testament. We are still, just still preaching Old Testament. There's a high priest. Only him is holy. Only him is righteous. Only him is anointed. Only him is powerful. He goes inside. And he talks. Then we rest of us, we are unholy. We are unrighteous. We are unworthy. We stay outside. That was what they were doing. They couldn't go and meet God. They'll say Moses, you go, go, go. I wish, I wish they can get that scripture for me. They'll say Moses, no, you go and talk to God. We will stay outside. Whatever God tells you, come and tell us. They didn't have, all of them didn't have, a personal relationship with God. They didn't have any contact with God. DJC, if you can find out for me, they didn't have a personal contact with God. They didn't have a personal relationship with God. There was holies of... And, and, they, 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 and, and look, it was serious. So it's not that they are just posing. You know, the reason why they were so afraid... Remember fear? Fear is the key. The reason why they were so afraid was in those days, if you enter that holies of holies without being the high priest who have done sacrifices, you would die on the spot. So you need to understand why they were afraid. It's not fake. It's real fear. You would die on the spot. In fact, that high priest, when he goes inside, they used to tie a chain of bells on his waist. Because sometimes, too, the high priest goes inside, but he's not pure enough, he will die there. And when he dies, if there are no more here in the chain, shake, they don't know that he has died. They will now use that rope. It's a long rope. They will now pull him out. Because he too has died. See what they said. And they said unto Moses, speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. They say, you must go and talk to God. Go, 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 go. We will stay outside. That's what the bulk of Nigerian church is still doing. (laughs) That's what the bulk of Nigerian church is still doing. Nobody stays outside if they've they've ever entered inside. I'll repeat that. I say nobody stays outside if they have ever entered inside. The only people comfortable to stay outside are people that have not entered inside. The day you touch inside. I don't know. Hey, I don't know. Some of you have not seen it. So I can't use... Um, those of you that have traveled sometime, you have you seen Dubai in summer heat? Have you seen Dubai in summer? Dubai is hot normally. Then in summer, at times use hot, it's frying. As in when you see that in their bus stop, they have air conditioner in Dubai, it's not posing. No. You will die if you stand on the bus stop, but you will die. So in their in their bus stop, the have the bus stop? They, go? they have AC. You can't stay in the sun during summer. In summer, I used to go power biking in Dubai. Most of you know. I ride bike, motorcycle. In summer, when we want to go power biking in Dubai in summer, we start like 3 a.m. to go and ride bike. That's the time we can enter the road. By 5, 6, ride has closed. If you are outside by 7 p.m. in the sun, you're a dead person. So imagine being in that heat and they put you in AC. And you now say, no, I want to go and stay outside. It's because you have not tasted AC. Part of the reason why Nigeria is still where it is is that many people in Nigeria have never seen true, uh, how a true country works. That's why they are comfortable with how this country is. The day they see how a true country works, <laughs> we'll start with our local government chairman and we'll we, we, we scatter everywhere. We've not seen it. So they weaponize poverty in Africa. That's what they do. You are too poor to even think. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? If you ever come inside, you will never want to stay outside. The way Nigerians like to stay outside in prayer is that they've never touched, never had an experience with the true God. Never. That's why they'll be comfortable with another person going inside for them. No, 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 no. No No time. I love you, but I'm talking to my father too. How can I have time to hear you talk to your father? I don't know if you're getting it. (laughs) Let's see. It's like, it's like somebody's doing an exam. You have time to go and, you, and both of you are doing the same exam, but you are checking his own exam. You can't. If you are doing your own, you can't. Okay, Who was I? So, so there was that system. Nobody could go into the whole of holies. Not, 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 not that they were just being, uh, they were posing. If you enter without you being qualified to enter, you will die on the spot. And sometimes even the high priest himself dies if he's not holy enough. And they pull him out of that place. So children were very afraid of God. They were very afraid of God. And many people in Nigeria (laughs) still think the fear of God is talking about that kind of fear. That we are afraid of God. No. So God said, you know what? I'm tired of the distance between me and my people. There's too much distance. In the beginning, I created people for a close relationship. That's the whole reason. So I'm going to bridge the gap again. So that I can have direct relationship with my children. Direct. I want to talk to all my children myself. Oh, God help Nigeria. So I want to talk to all my children myself. There are things about your life somebody can hear for you. There are things about your future somebody can pray for you. There's so much about your life God is not a gossip. Won't tell another person. He will only tell you, but you don't come. You are outside. For that person to go inside, because I'm tired of that. I want a relationship. See, Ephesians two. Ephesians two. We'll start from there. Like I said, today is intro. Wherever our time finishes, we will just continue next week. Give me Ephesians two. Look at this. He said, "You had it quick." Give me next verse. Let me just try and, uh Give me next verse. Uh uh-huh, Give me next verse. Okay, let's start from here. He said, "Even when we were dead in trespasses and in sins, had quickened us together with Christ by grace. Are you saved?" Verse six. Verse six. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Next verse. That in ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and kindness towards us through Christ. Next verse. He said, "For by grace you are saved." And all that. Next verse. He said, "Not of works." Please next verse. Mm, uh, The next verse. There's something I'm looking for. Thank you. This is what I'm looking for. It said, but now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off. Before, you were far from God. You were not close to God. It said before, you were far off. It said you have now been made near. You have now been made close by the blood of Christ. Do you understand? You are no more far. You don't need to stay outside anymore for someone to pray for you. You don't have to. He said You have been made near by the blood of Christ. Because those days for you to enter in, there must be a shedding of blood for you. So that's what the high priests used to do. They would kick goats and all those things. But see now they have shed the blood of Christ so that you you can be made near. But we are still standing far. In Nigeria, we are all still far. The two, three powerful men of God should be inside. I don't know if the next verse continues with this. DJ, let me see the next verse? Okay, for His our peace, okay. okay, yes. Say, for he is our peace, who had made both One. And had broken down what? The middle wall of partition between us. There was a wall separating us and God. They said by this sacrifice and by the blood of Jesus, they have broken down that wall dividing us. Do you understand now? They have broken down the wall. God wants you to come. Come and talk to me. Don't talk to Kingsley. Don't talk to John. Don't talk to Ferdinand. Talk to me. God is so tired of people talking to other people. Talk, I'm your father. How how can it make sense for my son to go and talk to my neighbor to come and talk to me? What is African Christianity? He said he's our peace. That means he's our settlement of anything we've done before that made us far. He said, who had made both of us now one? He has joined us together and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Why are you still outside? Give me one reason why somebody can pray for you. One. One. Why can't you talk to your dad yourself? One reason. Why you are so afraid? Because it's still that spirit of fear. <laughs> you know, I can't <laughs> dad, <laughs> I can't tell him myself. <laughs> you know I'm not good enough. It's a spirit of fear. It's a demonic spirit. Spirit of is an orphan spirit, makes you feel you are not good enough. You think it's by, it's by uh, righteous actions that we approach God. No, no, no. It's by the righteousness we have in Christ. Inside Christ, nobody is more righteous than the other. In Christ, so if you're a born again Christian, if you're not born again, you're a sinner. That's different. I'm talking to you. I'm talking about born again. In Christ, one person is not more righteous. The day you understand righteousness, you, number one, you will never look down at another Christian. Even if they are struggling with sin, and even if you are struggling with sin, you never allow anybody to look down on you. All of us is the same thing that qualifies us is the work of Christ. That Christian that says I'm not smoking, I'm not drinking, he is still not qualified. Do you understand? If they if they, if they still bring him to the court, he won't stand. He won't make it. He said, Lord, if you count iniquity, who will stand? If they, that person thinking I'm holier, all of you are fornicate, you drink, and you carry down, and, and but if they bring him to the court of law. So, the day you understand righteousness, it's a different topic, I don't want to waste time. The you understand righteousness, you number one, look down, I don't look down, any Christian. If I see a born-again Christian, carrying 30 women, doesn't change how I see him. He's a child of God. Now, his actions can harm him, of course. But it doesn't reduce who he is because he didn't get his status by how well he was behaving. We don't get born again by behavior. Different topic. Let me not distract you. Come back to what we're reading. So, so, he said, the middle wall of partition has, between us is divided. Why are you not inside in this heat? In this bad economy? In this hardship? Why are you outside? Inside Dubai summer. Why are you outside? I don't know if the next verse works. He said, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments, to make... Ah, yeah, go on. To make he in himself one and one human. Well, let me see the next verse. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain. Let me just let me leave it there. But the point, is just understand what I'm saying. Give me the one in, in, in that talks about the 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 cutting of the veil. Now, an interesting thing also happened when Jesus died. Remember, like I said, in the temple. You, you dare not go inside. Only the high priest can go to the Holy of when and, and they had a thick curtain. That curtain was very, very thick. Very thick curtain that separated the outside from the inside. And it was so high, nobody could reach the top. But the day Jesus died, look at this. He said, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost, the second he died, see what happened. And behold, behold means wow, surprise. The veil of the temple was rent or tore in twine. That means two. From the top. It's important it's from the top. Even from down, you might think somebody cut it. No. They say it tore from the top to the bottom. And the earth did what? Quake, And the rocks what? tore into pieces. They said that veil tore. Don't you get it? Why are you in the heat? The veil tore. Meaning God is saying now, you know what? Nobody should hide me again. Don't hide me from my children. Can somebody tell ministers of God in Africa, don't hide God from his children. Don't do that. The best you can do is to point them to their father, not take the place of the intermediary. That's what we've done in Africa. It's now a full-blown enterprise. None of you can go in. I'm the one. We're prayer for Africa. This is Umba There's a lot of danger out there. Come to my prayer line, I'll pray for your protection. No, there's a lot of danger out there. Go to your father, don't come to me. Go to your father. But in Africa, we've structured it. There's middleman in everything in Africa. So that same spirit is one operating in church. I've shared it to you many, many times. In most developed countries, there's no middleman needed for anything. If you are doing your passport, you don't have to talk to anybody. You go and fill the form and they'll give you your driver's license, passport. You don't have to beg anybody, talk to anybody, smash anybody. Enough in Nigeria. You can't get anything without begging somebody, bribing somebody. Your passport, you must beg. Your NIN, BVN, NEN. You don't know somebody. It can't come out. You import something. Even though you pay custom duty, you will settle custom. You will settle as So we have that same spirit. We brought into Christianity. That, oh, this, why, 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 why would I stand between you and your father? Talk to him yourself. But in Africa, the more people I have that I'm talking to, I'm talking for because they can't talk. Open your own mouth. Talk. You see, the problem is this. If the pastors teach you well, you wouldn't need them. So they need you to constantly need them. It's prosperous for them. It's also working for you because you are too afraid to talk to your father. But it's a warped system. It's not a godly system. It's not a biblical system. You never see it in scripture. God now said, look, let my children come to me. He wants to now relate with all his children. Jesus said, nobody comes to the Father except by me. If you have given your life to Christ now, go to the Father. So what Jesus came to do, what Jesus came to do was to reconcile us to the Father. In fact, it was to reconcile us to... To the Father. Because before that time, he wasn't called Father. hope you know. Before the time of Jesus, everybody called God, God. Jesus came with the first introduction of Father. Ah, that changes everything. He changed the nomenclature. He changed the name. Before they were calling him God, he came and called him Father. It's like, it's like if you're in the army... You are a major general. You are a major general in the barracks and in the country. Inside your house, to your children, you are daddy. You have the military power, but that's not what they know. They know daddy. But the day you need to bring your military power, if somebody is oppressing them, if they beat them in school, eh, and you want to burn the school, the day you bring it, they will know that your father is a army. But, but that's not what your children relate with. Can you imagine your children saying, General, Major General, Conner, Conner, weird. Weird African Christianity that I've never seen before in my life. My children don't call me pastor. They say, Daddy! They don't call me pastor. I've been a pastor for 30 years. I'm, I'm, I'm very pastorly. I'm a pastor, very pastor. But that's not what my children call me. They don't call me reverend. They don't call me man of God. I'm Daddy! To my children. So Jesus came to introduce... Hmm. God as a father, I have to round it up here. So much, so much. But I'm going to round it tight up here. Jesus came to introduce father. The only problem, <laughs> the only problem with that his introduction that I've noticed with Nigeria is that many of us have wicked fathers. So when he said our father, that just said, oh. I just dodged my physical father. When oh, no I give me another father, <laughs> Nigeria may go heal us from trauma in the name of Jesus. Because our experience, our physical father was not good. So when Jesus come again and say our father, we say, oh, we don't want. Our, phys- our physical father, for many of you, I know there are a few of you that might have a good father. Uh, maybe in this younger generation, but in our own generation, ah. Uh, your father is a disciplinarian now. He's wicked for no reason. I don't know if you have that kind of father. Why are you playing ball? You go first chop skin. It's not the same ball now. People are forcing their, their children to go and play. Some of you, I don't know if you happen to, if you're, if you're happy, your father is just not happy. You're just playing. Go and sit down, my friend, and read your books. These are the ideal of father we have. Very locked up. You can't even ask, you don't wake up and ask father for meat pie. Meat pie. What was your, what, what was your score in last exam? full meat pie. It's what is food that makes it not to pass. So, this is the idea of father we have. I don't know about you. In my house, we had AC. Only one in the parlor. And they don't own it <laughs> until the president visits or the president brother. Very special guest. They will not own the AC. If you want AC, that's the day you come and sit around the parlor. After the guests leave, they off AC to the next market day. So, this is the idea of father we have strict, stingy, reluctant. So, when they say God's is a heavenly father, hey, you must cajole him, you must beg him. He's the problem, he's delaying everything. So, that's the trauma I discovered that is affecting Africans. Because most of your idea of father too is bad. So God is your father. He makes no meaning to you. In fact, you are now afraid of him because father is the guy that flogs you. He's the guy that, when he papa, two streets away, if you were playing football, you rush into the room, bring out your textbook, or jump on your bed and pretend to be sleepy or go under your bed. That's the idea of father you have. So when you hear father, you think the same thing we're talking about. Mm-mm. In the subsequent services, we will show you how your heavenly father is. He's not your earthly father that abused you. He's not your earthly father that flogged all of you. Whether if one person wrong, all of you must chop the cane. Unjust father. Stingy father. A father that only buys you good things when you pass. It's trauma that's affecting Africans. A lot of your pastors too are traumatized, so they have no, no other way than to, than to hurt God. To hurt God, they will, they will stand between you and God. They will tell me the prayer I prayed for you. What rubbish! Talk to your father. The veil has been removed. Talk, to, talk, talk to your father. God wants to be close, but we have we have we have put obstacles for people. the The destination is the Father, but we have stopped them in miracle office. Stop them in prayer office. Stop them in fasting office. They are not reaching God. God is waiting for the children. Can't see them. They've, we've, we've, pastors have camped them. Allow them go to their father. Allow them go to their father. He said, nobody comes to the father except through me. But we are going to the father. That's the destination. He's reconciling him in Christ. Reconciling everybody to himself. He has torn the veil. God himself tore the veil. Let my children come. They still not reach his presence. They've still reached his presence. Because somebody thinks his job is to be the intermediary, is to be the middleman, to help him pray. And it's not bad for people to pray for you. That's okay. Somebody can pray for you. But that's not the system. That's not the daily or continuous way of operation. Mm -hmm. God wants to be close to all his children. Talk to him. There are things about your life. Oh, I wish you can get this. Nobody's useless. I don't care how useless you think you are. There are things about your life that only God can tell you. He wants to be close to you. He says our father. Ah, that lost prayer is so powerful if you understand it. He didn't say my father. I hope you know he could have said my father. Ah, hey, hey, let me use five minutes. You know he could have said my father. You know, in Nigeria, it's my father that will say, and every other person will say the God of so-and-so, the God of that man of God. We, are, we, we have scattered Bible, we have scattered Christianity. We have turned it on that thing. It's not the one of the Bible we are following again. We have created our own, mixed it with the traditional religion and the Nigerian cultural hardship and everything. Jesus came. He said, awa. That means he's as much your father as he is my father. I have no special line or privilege. He is also your father. He's our father. Let me show you one more thing. Where he said, in John 17, I think. He said, uh, let me get that scripture. John 20, verse 17. I'll close here. John 20, verse 17. It said, Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren, call them his brothers, and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father. Oh, I mean, at this point you can cry. You can cry. African church, you've been robbed. You've been raped, robbed, and stripped. He said, My father, this is Jesus. This is not a man of God, this is Jesus. He says, My father and your father. He you said, My God and your God. If he's in Nigeria, you say, He's my father. If you want him to answer you, meet me. Prayer meeting 12 midnight. I pray for you for him to hear you. He you says your father. Go and meet your father. Don't have to branch my house first. Go and talk to your father. Boldness, spirit of timidity, spirit of fear. Say, so God have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Were you blessed at all this morning? Glory to God. Can you just talk to your father? Take one minute. No, no, no you need no middleman. Your father is waiting. He has told the veil waiting that you will come, but you have been branching different prayer places. Come. Come. He wants to talk to you directly. Go ahead and just talk to your father. Tell him. Don't be afraid. Nobody qualifies more than you. When I continue, I will tell you how that you are God's favorite child. We'll do that next week or whenever I continue. You're you are, you are, you are not an orphan. You're not an orphan. You are God's favorite child you can call him abba abba is a it's, a it's a name of fondness that children that are close to their father call them the way my son shouts daddy he doesn't call me man of god he doesn't call me pastor daddy go ahead and just take one minute talk to your father and say nothing will stand between me and you anymore you say what can separate us from the love of god thank you lord jesus thank you lord jesus go ahead and just talk to your father this morning Thank you, Lord. We are not orphans. We are not outcasts. We are legitimate sons and daughters in the house. Hallelujah. Amen.